VoiceAmericaBusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You are a visionary. You have a vision. You just need to create it and bring it to life. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with your host, Kate Ebner. Our program will be an hour of inspiration from leaders who are making their visions happen and will set you on the path to having a big impact through your leadership and the life you really want. Now here's your host, Kate Ebner. Good morning and welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. I'm so glad you're with us. This month, we've been honoring women um, in honor of International Women's Day, and which was on Friday, March 8th, and also Women's History Month. And so we're celebrating female leaders. Today, I'm honored to be joined by someone who's not only a leader in her own right, but is teaching other women around the world how to find and develop the leader in, in herself. Um, I'm also particularly pleased that Dr. Jalaja Bonheim is one of the world's foremost experts in the use of circle gatherings as a tool for empowering leaders. And for those of you who've been following our show, we have really been fascinated by how circles work and how they really help groups and leaders to accomplish extraordinary things. As the founder and executive director of the Institute for Circle Work, Dr. Bonheim has trained hundreds of circle leaders from all walks of life, including business executives, religious leaders, educators, and activists. Jalaj is also the author of several books, including Evolving Toward Peace, Awakening the Global Heart, which will be published later this year. Jalaja, thank you so much for joining me this morning, and welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Kate. I'm delighted to be here. Well, I mentioned um, that you are uh, sort of a double treat for us because we have spent um, several weeks listening to and talking about and thinking about the power of the circle. And this really is your life work. And it would maybe be a great place to start if you would just begin, uh, Jalaja, by telling us your story. How did you how, how did you come to be who you are and how did you get into this work? Oh, I um, it's a long story, but when I discovered circles it was it was almost as if I had you know, sometimes you meet someone and you feel like they're a really old friend, even though you've never met them before. And that's how I felt when I first encountered circles. I felt like, oh, yes, I remember this. And um, so right from the start, I started doing all my work in circles. And at that time, I had just come back from India and I'd been studying uh, Indian temple dance in India. So I decided I was going to do a workshop um, on moving as a form of prayer. And immediately we were working in circles. And gradually then my understanding of the circle began to deepen. I began to understand that it is a tool that humans have always used and that can be used to unite people, to bring people together, to empower them. And I think that this is specifically a time in history when we need the circle. And 
And I believe that's why it's popping up in our collective consciousness in so many different places at once. So my mission is really to to help women use the circle with as much power as they can. Because it's not enough just to sit in a circle. You know, that of course that's the beginning. But then you really have to know how to work with this tool. It's like a power tool. You you know, you need to learn how to use it well. You know, I'm glad you said that because over the years I've been involved with organizations that use the circle for wonderful purposes. And I've noticed that people don't know how to participate in the circle. And one of the things I'm really excited about, Jalaja, with your being on the show is I think for people who really want to do this, to have people gain some understanding of of how to use this power tool, as you put it. Um, I'm curious a little bit about your background. Tell us a little bit more about your story. Well, I am German. I grew up in, in Austria and in Germany. And um, I was born some years after the end of World War II. And I, I think that's relevant because I grew up from a, from a very young age sort of seeing the aftermath of war and wondering what is it that compels us to do this and what will it take to change this so that we can create a more peaceful world. And because I myself was German, but I was also Jewish, so, so I had this realization that, well, it doesn't really, it's not a question of which box are you in. Are you this? Are you that? Do you belong to this nation or that religion? That it was something much deeper in the human psyche that needed to be addressed. So I think at a very young age I was already uh, on this quest for, for understanding of basically what, what was wrong with us? Why were we doing this? And how could we change it? Um, and that then led me on this long journey that eventually led me to the circle. That's a, it's, it's really quite nice to hear you talk about, um, this awareness at a young age. Um, I often think that quite young in our lives, we have insights and yearnings that can really guide and direct our lives, whether we realize it or not. And I'm glad to hear you give us a little bit of that background. Um, I know you've, um, You've worked and lived in California. You now are in Ithaca, New York, um, and you also still spend a lot of time in Germany. What's a typical, let's just say, month of your life like right now? Oh, my God, there is no typical month. <laughs> uh, really, every every day is different. Um, but there are certain, certain threads, you might say, that go through it. Um, I do love to write. And I just finished a new book. And for me, writing is a really a process of discovering discovering the truth that I might intuitively know but have not articulated. Um, and then there are the workshops and the retreats and the trainings, which I love. They're like candy for me. You know, it's like, oh, it's like Christmas time. This is the work that I truly love and feel so privileged to do. Um, And then I work with people one-on-one, 
which is another thing I really love doing, to see how a person evolves and changes over the years. Um, and as you mentioned, I am the director of the Institute for Circle Work, which is a nonprofit organization dedicated to, to supporting people so that they can participate in the trainings and get that experience of circle work. And, and, um, Jalaja, the, the Institute for Circle Work, um, I know does, does so much with its mission. And uh, tell us a bit more about, um, how that got founded and, and what, what the mission looks like in, in real, real life. Well, I was working primarily with women. I still am, although now I am more working with men also. But women, for women, it was often a challenge to participate in the circle work training. And so we wanted to make it affordable to women who might not otherwise be able to do it. And that was sort of the original motivation. And then as the work grew and I started going to the Middle East and working in Israel and Palestine, um, the Institute for Circle Work became the platform that allowed that to happen, that made it possible. And that work is very dear to my heart because I, you know, I think the circle is a powerful tool for, for everyone. But there are these regions that are so embroiled in conflict that really need it. And so for me, it's very satisfying to be able to go to a place where people are so hungry for these kinds of tools and, and to share them with these women. Well, I can't wait to hear more about this in the hour as our, as our hour starts to unfold. Um, and I think maybe a, a great place for us to start is with the question, what makes circles especially important for women? Well, you know, Kate, I think we are really in the time of immense change, global change, change in, uh, in the nature of what it means to be a human being, because in many ways we've reached the end of the road in the sense of the way that we have been doing things so far. And so we're, we're looking at global warming. We're looking at all these different problems. And personally, I believe that the imbalance between men and women, but also between the masculine and the feminine in the wider sense, lies at the root of these problems. And when you look at the war zones around the world, almost invariably they are places where women are disempowered. So I feel that anything we can do to empower women is really a gift to the planet. Um, when women gain a voice, the earth gains a voice. Thank you. You, you know, you, you've mentioned this twice now about the times that we're in in this time of change and you know maybe not all of our listeners have really been thinking about it this way you know could you just um say a little bit more Jalaja about about these times and and what makes you think that the circle is a particularly useful uh way of coming together in these times 
Yeah, I think we, you know, we're, we're clearly, we're, we're in the global era, and that in itself is something totally new that has never existed, a kind of global community. And it's not just about the economy, you know, just the World Wide Web. What an amazing, what amazing tool, what a phenomenon. And all the challenges that we're facing are challenges that cannot be solved by one isolated nation. They can only be solved if we come together as a planetary community. So we're really standing on the threshold where we could very easily self-annihilate. We have the power to do that. But we also have the opportunity to step into a new sense of who we are um, as planetary citizens. So... I feel that it really, sometimes we're so caught up in our daily lives that we lose sight of what a momentous change really is going on and how much is at stake. Um, and I think it can be scary sometimes to look at it. You know, sometimes I just want to turn off the news when another piece of bad news about the environment or something like that comes in. But I think that the, the better response is to connect and to join forces because there are so many things that we can do, but we cannot do them in isolation. So really I feel that if we can create a global sense of sisterhood, a global sense of women supporting one another, um, that is a, a great step towards really what is going to be a new global civilization. Thank you for sharing that. I think that was really quite illuminating for people to hear and understand in the way that you presented it. Um, you know, we only have a minute before we take a break, but um, I thought it might be fun to just use that minute to to say more about the circle itself, you know, and sort of looking at some of your writing and your website you know, you talk about the fact that humans have really been gathering in circles for hundreds of thousands of years and have always seen the circle as a healing agent, you know, and um, I think your website says that, see, you know, Jung called it the archetype of wholeness and divinity. Um, tell us a little bit more, just a couple more ideas about why it is the circle is so powerful. Well, one of the things I love to do is get into my body and help other people get into their bodies. And I think for women that is especially important. And so in my circles we do a lot of movement, dancing, singing, um, there's touch. There are all these different nonverbal processes that take people out of this incredibly mental world that most of us live in into this place of embodiment. And uh, to my mind, that's really important because that is where we start to really connect with our wisdom, with that deeper knowing that we all have within us, but that really can't come out when we're all in our heads. So the circle is a great tool for that. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the, uh, the circle as a way of um, connecting with our bodies and the wisdom of our bodies. We've actually had some guests on our show who have talked about that, and I'd love to return to that when we come back from this break. We're going to take a break right now.
favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Tune in every week for the Ellis Martin Report. Our program will bring you the news and information that you need each week. We look at publicly traded small and mid-cap companies from a variety of sectors. We'll talk to key people in the industry to bring you the foreground and background of new and -and up-and-comers for potential investment. Please remember, invest only at your own risk. The Ellis Martin Report is meant for information purposes only. Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email... Please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. Welcome back to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. I'm your host, Kate Ebner, and today I'm joined by an extraordinary woman who empowers other female leaders through her work as the director of the Institute for Circle Work. Her name is Dr. Jalaja Bonheim, and we've been talking about um, the circle as a, an, an ancient and rediscovered vehicle for creating change in the modern world. And, you know, as we were uh, going into the break, we were talking a little bit about the power of circle work to bring you back into your body. And, um, you know, in the work I do, Jalaja, as a leadership coach, I really do see that people get so that their their primary job of their body is to carry their head around. You know, the head is doing all the work. And I'm I'm I'd love for you to just tell us just a little bit more about how circle work grounds us and pulls us into the whole of our being, including the physical. Well, you know, I think that the circle it's such an ancient tool and when you look at other cultures you see that there were always uh circle dances, there were rituals, there were always means that you used the circle number one to affirm the unity within the tribe, but also to in a certain more vertical sense to connect with spirit. And as I understand it, for women especially, our connection to spirit comes through the body. So for us to really get access to that deeper voice, we have to come into our bodies. And I think there's something about the circle that is, um, especially in our times when we're so stressed, it's extremely healing 
there's a sense that, oh, I can relax now. I'm in the circle. And I see that happen over and over, that there's a calming down, a soothing that happens just by virtue of being in the circle. And so from that place, it's very easy and natural for us to connect with our hearts and bodies and to begin to listen to ourselves in that deeper way. You know, that idea of listening to ourselves in that deeper way, in a way that connects our thinking and our feeling and our spirit to our experience to of being embodied, you know, living in our bodies, um, that kind of awareness is indeed so powerful. And um, I want to go back for a moment here, uh, Jalja, to your work with women around the world. And I'm interested in what you've learned about women as leaders after leading hundreds, maybe thousands of women in these workshops and training. You know, what when you stand back and look at that body of work, what, what, what do you what do you notice? I'd say the first thing I notice is that the female understanding of leadership is quite different than the mainstream, more masculine understanding that we, most of us, have grown up with. Um, and, you know, to me, what is a leader? A leader is, is someone who helps people get where they want to go, basically. And so for that to happen... The leader needs to be extremely receptive. The leader, him or herself, needs to be listening to the circle in that deeper way, as opposed to coming in with this sense of, this is where we need to go, and I'm going to show you how. So, for women, it can be a tremendous relief to realize they don't need to be this this masculine, aggressive, achievement-oriented person to be a good leader. On the contrary, they can really honor their feminine strengths in terms of their intuition, their ability to listen, their gentleness. All these things contribute to making them good leaders. And, I mean, obviously we're all leaders. And... um, in my circles, I really see women discovering the very unique, specific way in which they are leaders. So it's not a cookie-cutter model. You know, everyone has uh, something to contribute. Everyone is a leader in her own way, but she needs to discover what that is. And, you know, I'm, as I'm saying this, I'm reminded of a woman in my circles who is now a very strong leader in her communities. And she said, she told me that when she first came to the circle, she really didn't have a voice. And she was really afraid of speaking. But the structure of the circle is such that we pass around an object and everyone speaks. And so over time, she began to realize that when she spoke, people were really listening to her. And that hadn't been her experience out in the world or in her childhood. And so through this experience over and over of 
oh, I can speak and people are interested. She began to realize, I really have something to say. I have a voice. And today she's an incredibly powerful leader. So uh, it's beautiful to see that when women really step into their own form of leadership, whatever it is. I'm glad you used that example because I do think this um, opportunity, sometimes problem, of finding our voice is one that that women and men experience quite often. But I, I know that um, many, many women, particularly in the work that I do with executive women, um, really are struggling to find their voice, bring their voice. And I think just hearing that that example of uh, learning who you are through participation in the circle and how to bring your unique perspective or your unique contribution seems to me to be right on with the same challenges we actually see in corporate leadership or in organizational life. And, you know, I would add that finding your voice isn't just finding your voice, it's finding your truth. Yes. You know, you, because a lot of times we don't even know what our truth is. So until we find that, we can't really have our voice. You know, I, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold that thought and, you know, we have, um, a few more minutes before we take another break and, and I want to make sure that we get to showcase some of the work that you're doing in the world that's really quite extraordinary. I wonder if you could tell us, Jalaja, about the work you're doing with women in Israel and Palestine. Yeah, I love working there. It's it's really beautiful to see these women. And um, the work really began out of my thinking, well, the circle is such a great tool for uniting us, for helping us really see that we are all one. And what would it be like to bring together people who have defined themselves as enemies or at least as aliens? And so I, I think it was 2005 I started leading circles for Jewish and Palestinian women. Um, and then later I also started leading circles in the West Bank for Palestinian women only. And it really was so beautiful. It is so beautiful to see these women coming to a place of real sisterhood. Um, and it doesn't come through denying the conflicts and the differences and the, the hardship and the pain. All that is there. But you see this growing awareness of, oh, we are, we are both mothers. We both want a different world for our children. Um, we both have the same, the same pain and the same hopes. And, um, there are so many stories I could tell you about that. But, um, this one I love especially. There was this little moment at the very end of a weekend workshop I was leading. And this Jewish woman started saying how she lives in a little village, and on the next hill is a little Arab village. And the, the, the inhabitants of these villages, even though they live side by side, they have only very minimal contact with each other. They don't really know each other. And so for a lot of women, these circles are the first time where they really get to know the other in a more intimate, in-depth way. And this woman said, you know, 
I would always hear that call to prayer coming over the hills from the Arab village five times a day, that call to prayer. And she said, I'm not proud of it, but whenever I heard it, my gut would sort of clench. I would feel fear. And then she she just looked around the circle and she looked at each one of the Arab women and she said, you know, now it's going to be different. When I hear that call to prayer, I'm going to think of your beautiful faces and I'm going to feel love. I'm not going to feel fear anymore. So to my mind, that that was sort of a moment that encapsulated the shift that happens in these circles. And I've seen it happen over and over and over again. And I do so wish that instead of just having, you know, political negotiations and military this and that, there would be a recognition that peace comes through contact, through people connecting. Until people connect face to face, they're going to retain these enemy projections. And when they meet in a context that is truly respectful and safe and slow, then they begin to discover that there is another truth, another reality. You know, as you're, as you're telling that story and as you're, you're sharing with us, you know, what you see happening over and over again, really all over the world, I, I, um, I'm really drawn into uh, this example and this the power of of knowing other people and being known by other people and the way that the circle really invites that. And we're going to take another break right now, but when we come back, Jalaja, I'd love it if you would share with us a bit about how the circle works in terms of participation and how how do you actually create a circle. So we'll come back and talk about this in just a minute. This is Kate Ebner. You're listening to Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life. My guest today is Dr. Jalaja Bonheim. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. This is Kate. I'm having an amazing conversation this morning with author, educator, and speaker, Dr. Jala Jabonheim of the Institute for Circle Work. And, you know, right before the break, she was telling us an amazing story about how peace is created through knowing each other, which is one of the wonderful things about being part of a circle. And, um, Jalaja, I wonder if you could just talk to us about, say there's a group of people who want to form a circle and be together in that way, perhaps for a particular purpose or maybe just to create community. Uh, how do you go about that? You know, I think that the ge- the geometric form of the circle can really teach us all that we need to know. Um, like when you think about a circle, it starts with the center. So the center represents the place where we all come together. So that can be spirit, but it can also be an intention. You know, let's say a group of women come together with an intention of exploring sacred dance. Then that is their center. So the first thing I would say is get really clear on what is your center. What is the thing that you're holding together? Um, that needs to be really clear. And then you have the circumference, which is a boundary. And a lot of times where circles do run into problems is because the boundary hasn't been defined clearly. And so boundary relates to uh, all the issues of when are we meeting, where are we meeting, is it okay if someone doesn't come, what's the agreement on confidentiality, all these ground rules, um, when they're really clear, they help make a, a, a sense that this really is a safe place. Whereas when they're unclear or people aren't really respecting them, the circle loses its power. So just by looking at the center and the circumference, you can get a lot of information on how to lead a good circle. And then, then they, you know, we touched before on that issue of listening. Um, obviously, in every circle, there's going to be people who want to talk more, and there's going to be people who talk less. And it is a real challenge, because in the circle, everyone needs to have a voice. And I do find that tool of the talking stone very useful, so the talking stone could be any object that you pass around the circle and whoever is holding it speaks. And while they are holding it, nobody else speaks. And that's hard for us because we want to interrupt and say, oh, yeah, I, I, that happened to me too. But so this creates a structure that allows people to speak with no interruption. There's no advice giving. You're just listening. And in that way, the stone goes around the circle and everyone gets a chance to speak. So 
you know, I mentioned the sacred geometry, which is, it's a very, it may sound abstract to people who haven't experienced the circle, but once you've actually been in a good circle, you realize it's not abstract at all. It's something that affects our bodies very profoundly. So I always tell people, be conscious that you're really sitting in a circle. It makes a big difference if it's lopsided. It feels different. Um, so, so those are a few pointers that I would give people for the beginning. You know, I, I think those are very, very practical and helpful pointers. I remember we I formed a circle of, of women years ago, and one experience I had was when I when I invited people to join the circle, we had the first meeting or the first circle gathering um, at my house. Maybe 18 women came. It was very exciting. But by the time we declared our our focus and established our ground rules, we really turned into a circle of six. And it was a circle of six we met for seven years. Um, but it was interesting to see in the beginning the way that some people fell away. And I just want to share that that, I think, probably isn't unusual. No, and that's a beautiful story because those six, I'm sure, were the six who were meant to be there. And, um, you know, it doesn't matter whether your circle is small. It could be a circle of three. Um, It doesn't matter. The size doesn't matter. But you came to that place of clarity and those people who were meant to be in your circle were there. And people get a sense of, oh, this really isn't the place for me, and that's fine, too. You know, the, the, um, you know, the, the, the comment you make about really letting the um, sacred geometry, the actual circle, be a guide, you know, looking at those boundaries, looking at that sacred space in the center, um, reminds me of the power of slowing down, actually, to yes. see the answers that are right in front of us. You know, we tend to complicate things uh, or think that it needs to be a complicated solution, but um, the circle itself is the teacher, it sounds like. Yes, and I love what you say about slowing down because I think that's so crucial. That's such a key. And again, if you look at the, the form of the circle, the essence of the circle is empty space. You know, that's really what makes it a circle is empty space. And so a circle needs to be a place that is spacious. It's not a place that is complicated and filled with all these details. It's a place where we can slow down and come back to what is meaningful for us. Um, I, You know, if there's one piece of advice I would give someone who wants to connect more deeply with themselves, it would be to slow down. It's so crucial. I would love to ask you, um, in the spirit of our show, which is all about helping all of us learn how to be visionary, how to see the future that we really want, and how to how to create that future with the choices that we're making every day. You know, the premise, uh, knowledge of of our show is really that we we each and every one of us are leaders and visionaries in the way that you were describing early in the show here, and. Um, I think it's so helpful sometimes to hear from other people how you see the future. You know, what is the future that you're really working toward? And I wonder if you could 
share with us your vision or the, I always think vision is, is simply described as a detailed description of the desired future. You know, like what, what is, what is it that you see that you'd like to share with us? There is an actual vision that I've had a number of times in the circle, which is, it's a vision in which I see the planet and it's like there's this web of light around it. And it's created of all these very fine threads of light. And it's like all these different circles, all these different communities are connected in this beautiful healing web of light that encircles the whole planet. And that, unbidden, that image has come to me many times in the circle. So I do think that, um, you know, I, I would love to see us shedding some of our attachment to the more narrow ways in which we define ourselves, that I am a member of this nation, this religion, I am this, I am that, and to really begin to expand so that we feel we are planetary citizens. We are children of one planet. Um, and to come together and to work together from that place. The other thing is I think that a shift needs to happen in our priorities because we live in a culture where there's so much emphasis on achievement and on control and on power. And yet, when you really go to that place where you ask yourself, what do I really want? I've seen over and over what people say. They want happiness. They want to be with friends. They want to be in nature. They want to play more. Once we get really clear on our priorities, we can begin to live from that place. And so I see a world where our priorities will be very different than what they are today. You know, that the priority will be on living in harmony with nature. The priority will be on peace. The priority will be on justice. Um, yeah, I could say so much more about this, but... Mm -hmm. I, I love what you're saying. Yeah. You know, and um, I also thank you for that image of the web of light you know, encircling the, the earth and, and the, um, the visual picture that that really gives us is quite clear. It's a, it's a wonderful mm -hmm. image and I think it helps us understand how we're all related and connected. You know, you've written on your website and I'm sure in other places that in this global era, we'll need a vastly higher level of relational skills than previous generations ever did. Um, and not just to connect with people who are like us and who share our values, but actually also to connect with people who see the world completely differently than we do. And I think, you know, as, as we contemplate this, this web of light, um, it's, it's clear that we, we need to learn the ways to sit down together and appreciate what we have in common and also what we have differently. So I, I really, um, thank you for, for sharing that vision. It is inspiring, um, to us. And, um, you know, it's sort of mystical and at the same time contemporary, practical, and, mm -hmm. and, and wonderful. Um, 
We're going to take a break, um, our last break, Jalaja. And, you know, I, I know that people are very interested in your new book and in hearing more about how they could participate with you in some of the circle work that you do. So when we come back from the break, we're going to talk more about what you're doing right now and how people can access it. And I'd like to just um, close this section, actually, with a, a reading that I love and, and often read and also find on your website. This is from Black Elk. And um, it's about the circle. And he says, You've noticed that everything an Indian does is in a circle, and that it is because of the power of the world always works in circles, and everything tries to be round. In the old days when we were a strong and happy people, all our power came to us from the sacred hoop of the nation, and so long as the hoop was unbroken, the people flourished. The flowering tree was the living center of the hoop, and the circle of the four quarters nourished it. The east gave peace and light, the south gave warmth, The west gave rain, and the north, with its cold and mighty wind, gave strength and endurance. This knowledge came to us from the outer world with our religion. Everything the power of the world does is done in a circle. The sky is round, and I have heard that the earth is round like a ball, and so are all the stars. The wind, in its greatest power, whirls. Birds make their nests in circles, for theirs is the same religion as ours. The sun comes forth and goes down again in a circle. The moon does the same, and both are round. Even the seasons form a great circle in their changing and always come back again to where they were. The life of a man is a circle from childhood to childhood, and so it is in everything where power moves. Our teepees were round like the nests of birds, and these were always set in a circle. The nation's hoop, a nest of many nests, where the great spirit meant for us to hatch our children. So thank you, Black Elk, and thank you, Jalaja, and we're going to be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1 866 472 5790. 
That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to visionaryleader at nebocompany.com. Now, back to today's program. This is Kate. I want to welcome you back. We've been talking today with Jalja Bonheim, who is an inspiring speaker, certainly, teacher, and one of the world's foremost experts in the use of circle gatherings as a tool for empowering leaders and healing individuals and communities. She has shared her stories and her vision with us. And I think as we get into this last part of our hour, um, Jalja, I'd like to, to talk more about um, how people can can access your work and also about the book that you're working on and, and soon to be out. Why don't we start with the book? Tell us more about that. Yeah, I'm very excited about this book. The title is Evolving Towards Peace, Awakening the Global Heart. And um, in some way, it's the distilled essence of a lot of what I've learned over 20, 30 years of leading circles. Um, it's it's really looks at what needs to happen in ourselves, in our own psyche, so that we can become a species that is capable of living in peace. And how can each one of us personally contribute to making that happen? Um, so that book is going to be out this summer. And um, yeah, I'm very wonderful. excited about it. Yeah, I mean, what a what a gift to us all to have your life work captured in that way. Um, and and we'll, how will we know that it's out? Where should we look for it? Well, I would encourage people to go to my website, which is my name, Jalaja Bonheim, and I better spell my first name. It's J A L A J A Bonheim dot com. Um, you can also go to the website of the Institute for Circle Work. And that is www.circleswork.org. Um, so sign up for the mailing list and you'll get the information. And um, I'm also about to start a new blog, which is going to be a lot of fun, I think. And at the websites, you can find information on, on different circles that I'm doing and other events. Great. I think I know that I'll do that. I hope that others do that as well. And um, what about people who want to practice what you're talking about and really, you know, to have some training in circle work? Where could they go? Well, this year I'm leading two trainings, and I'm really excited because for the first time ever, I am leading the circle work training for men and women and I'm really happy about that because I feel it's really men are really ready for this and wanting this and that is happening at a gorgeous retreat center um, on the west coast of Canada on this beautiful little island called Cortez Island at a retreat center called Hollyhock which is I think one of my favorite places in the world um, and my other favorite place in the world is right near my home in Ithaca, New York, um, another beautiful center called Light on the Hill. And every fall I lead a women's leadership training at Light on the Hill. Um, and if people would like to experience a shorter taste of circle work um, for women, I would encourage you to come to a retreat that I'm doing in May um, which is called Nurturing Our Light, which is going to be very deep healing and nurturing for women. Is that also in Ithaca? 
It's near Ithaca, yes. It's in upstate New York. Um, Just a very, very beautiful, one of my favorite places, I would say. Well, thank you for sharing sharing that with us. And, you know, for anyone listening, if you are not already signed up for the Visionary Leader newsletter, just go to the NeboCompany.com website and sign up for that because we usually include links to these kinds of references such as Jolage is making to her upcoming programs. And we also write an article after each radio show so that you can be reminded of some of the key ideas um, and can... Um, have a refresher in what our, our conversation was about. So I invite you to do that as well. Um, you know, there's an idea that I've been wanting to ask you about, Jolaja, and we still have, you know, four, four minutes. <laughs> I'd love to see if you could tell us about something that I know is called heart thinking. What is heart thinking and what does it have to do with your circle work? Heart thinking is the core, very core of circle work. You might even say that the circle is a tool for teaching people to think with their hearts. Um, you know, there's a great story that I love where the, the great psychologist Jung, he came to the United States, I think it was in the 30s, and he met with a Pueblo chief. And the Pueblo chief said to him, you know, we think the white people are insane. And Jung said, well, why do you think that? And the chief said, they say that they think with their heads. And for him, it was self-explanatory that someone who said they thought with their heads was obviously insane. And Jung was surprised. He said, well, how do you think? And the chief well, of course, we think with our hearts. So uh, I think that in Western civilization has been very focused on controlling nature, controlling the environment, controlling other people. And so because our mind is such a powerful instrument of control, we've become obsessed with it. And in the process, a lot of times we disconnect from our heart. And so we walk through our days thinking and really don't have that sense of connection with the heart. And you mentioned before that sense of global community that we are creating. So that sense of connection is crucial. Let's say, for example, there's a a drought happening in some African country. Well, as long as that is just a bit of mental knowledge, who cares, right? It's far away. It doesn't affect us immediately. But when you are thinking with your heart, you care. You just have this sense of caring that really transcends the boundaries of your personal, private life. So heart thinking, it's also incredibly healing, You know, because our heart is just the source of so much nourishment for us. And a lot of times when people say, you know, I can't find any meaning in life, it all seems barren, and I ask them, are you in touch with your heart? And usually the answer is no. Hmm. Because that sense of meaning and soulfulness and intimacy and joy, it all comes from the heart. And they even have all this research now. I don't know if you knew that, like, the electromagnetic field of the heart, 
it's 5,000 times stronger than that of the mind, of the brain. It's extraordinary. So all this new research is coming in that is really confirming that the heart truly is a source of intelligence, of wisdom. Um, and I think that that practice, because it does take practice, of staying centered in our hearts throughout our days is really crucial for helping us make this transition that we are trying to make on our planet today. You know, we only have another minute, but I would love for you to make the connection for us, Jalaja, between what you're saying about the heart and the title of your book, Evolving Towards Peace, Awakening the Global Heart. What will it take to awaken the global heart? I think the global heart is already awakening because there is a collective intelligence that recognizes the need. So I don't think it is something that we need to make happen, but we can support it. We can support it through the way we live. We can support it through our circles. It is wanting to happen. You know, this is how evolution works. There is a recognition in the collective intelligence that a shift is needed. And so it's it's like a, a wave that is arising in all of us. And if we can allow it, you know, because it takes some, some it does take courage, I think, when you're raised to be a head thinker, to say, oh, I really am going to listen to my heart today. Um, but it wants to happen. Jalaja, thank you so much for joining us today. We've been talking with Dr. Jalaja Bonheim of the Institute for Circle Work. Her work is fascinating and powerful and inclusive, so I hope you'll continue the exploration. Thank you for being with us. We sincerely hope you've enjoyed hearing from leaders who are using vision to create an inspiring future. Please join host Kate Ebner for another edition of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business Channel. Meanwhile, visit www.nebocompany.com for more tips on bringing your own vision to life.